This episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast is brought to you by Jobber. Jobber is your business's command center. The easy-to-use app powers your sales, operations, and customer service all in one place. Go check them out at lawncarebusinesssuccess.com slash jobber to receive 20% off your first six months. You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational, to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 208, entitled Defining Your Service Area. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every weekend. Of course, for those questions, the comments, the feedback that you guys have been sending through, I really do appreciate that. And of course, for those all important iTunes reviews, like I've said in the past, you know, the single most important thing you can do for the podcast. Uh, it gives it that social proof. Uh, it just lets know, people know that are searching the uh, you know podcast directories out there uh, that the show really is worth listening to. Uh, so uh, thank you very much to everybody who has uh, taken the time out to leave a review on uh, iTunes. I really do appreciate that. And like I've said uh, before, uh, why iTunes? Some people will ask, well, because uh, uh, iTunes is where podcasting originated. It is uh, basically the biggest and uh, central hub for all of podcasting. Uh, and although that is, uh, you know, starting to change over time with a lot of other uh, services requiring uh, their own specific uploads to their service, for the majority of uh, podcast directories and podcast apps that you would use, uh, they all draw off of iTunes. So they're they're pulling the uh, episode uh, data from iTunes. They're pulling uh, the reviews and rankings and everything uh, right from iTunes. So very, very uh, important uh, uh, that uh, reviews uh, on iTunes are left. So enough about uh, that. Hopefully you guys are doing uh, fantastic this week, uh, basically here through uh, the midsummer uh, and uh, surviving the uh, warmer temperatures. Hopefully you guys still have uh, quite a bit of work available to you if you're in an area that's hit uh, by those really warm temperatures uh, and uh, where grass may be uh, starting to go dormant uh, and turning that, uh, you know, golden, crunchy uh, brown color. Uh, hopefully uh, you have uh, still enough work, uh, you know, uh, ready to go in other uh, areas, whether it's uh, tree pruning or hedges or, uh, you know, uh, one of the other uh, myriad of uh, different uh, services uh, that you have available to offer. Uh, or if you don't, that you're just uh, you know able to uh, sit back, uh, take a bit of a breather and uh, you know enjoy uh, this time uh, with family, maybe uh, on some outings, some camping trips, some vacations, maybe hit some theme parks uh, and all that sort of uh, fun uh, stuff, some water sports uh, and things like that. 
like that. All of the fun uh, summer activities. Uh, I absolutely uh, love summertime uh, with my family. I love camping uh, with my family. I love uh, kayaking and boating and uh, uh, going uh, crab fishing and all sorts of uh, you know really fun activities, uh, hiking and stuff. And of course, um, with uh, you know family vacations and things like that as well. And just um, you know enjoying uh, the break uh, that the summer uh, gives me from uh, the uh, constant rain uh, traditionally throughout uh, the whole year. And uh, just enjoying that time outside, the longer, uh, you know, daylight hours uh, and having uh, the entire family available and around to, uh, you know, uh, whether it's uh, to go camping and stuff like that or to just lend a hand uh, last week. I did a job that I did last year. Uh, it's a job I do once a year for a client uh, where they have a uh, ivy hedge uh, that they want to um, cut back because it uh, grows really, really quickly. It's a hedge that's uh, pretty uh, low. It's only maybe about two feet, under two feet tall um, in that range. And uh, it's about a foot and a half to two feet wide, uh, but it grows into, they have a nice uh, painted wooden fence and it grows into the fence and starts to attach itself to the fence and it starts to peel the paint and stuff off. So uh, every year she gets me to hack it back quite aggressively uh, because it grows, uh, you know, just so fast. Uh, so uh, this year was no different. And last year, uh, I was able to uh, have both of my kids out there helping me and uh, do that job. And, uh, you know, that was a lot of fun. And this year uh, we did it again, but uh, this time my wife joined us as well. So we had the entire family uh, out there uh, doing that job. And the hedge is about uh, maybe 100, 150 feet long in total, um, divided in half, half in the front yard and then half in the backyard, running along uh, one side of the property line along the fence. And uh, we were able to uh, all get it done. In fact, my uh, we were using uh, all of the Milwaukee M18 uh, fuel battery hedge trimmers. I was using the new uh, quick lock system with the articulating hedge trimmer uh, attachment. And that thing is fantastic because, uh, like I said, it's a low hedge. So I didn't have to bend down for the majority of the hedge. I could just articulate uh, that hedge trimmer head and just uh, walk along the you know, top while I'm, uh, you know, I was topping the top of the hedge to hack it down. And then, uh, you know, needing to do the sides, uh, especially the backside between the fence uh, and the hedge, I was able to, again, articulate um, that uh, hedge trimmer head, you know, on like a 90 degree angle, like a perfect uh, angle, and then just uh, walk along and uh, trim uh, that backside of the hedge perfectly. And, uh, you know, it uh, was uh, just a fantastic uh, tool to use, such a pleasure to use. It always amazes me uh, with those uh, Milwaukee and uh, in just battery powered tools in general now, how uh, far, you know, the battery technology has come and ha just how long a battery can last in that scenario with the hedge trimming. The Milwaukee's are hitting uh, about two hours per charge of a nine amp hour battery uh, for hedge trimming. So absolutely fantastic. That's two hours straight rate of holding the trigger down. Uh, just absolutely fantastic. We did that entire job, um, you know, 150 feet or so of hedge uh, doing the three, the top side, and then the two sides of the whole length of the hedge. And, uh, you know, the battery was down by one notch, one of the four lights. Uh, when you 
you have that battery indicator on the back, the four lights uh, illuminated means uh, that you've got a full charge at the end of that complete hedge. Uh, with that tool, uh, it was one light down. So they had still had three quarters of a battery charge left uh, on that particular unit. Just absolutely fantastic. And then I was able to take out the handheld uh, Milwaukee M18 Fuel uh, hedge trimmer that I got last year, uh, which, uh, as a lot of you guys know, uh, I said was my favorite new tool uh, of 2018. And uh, same thing, same fantastic battery life. And I was able to do another uh, hedge underneath the window uh, for that same client and uh, it was just so nice having uh, my wife and kids there with me uh, and uh, you know to I was doing uh, the majority of the trimming and I say the majority because uh, I uh, looked uh, I was doing one section with the Milwaukee uh, quick lock system and then I turned around and I looked at my kids and they were looking at me uh, like they had just seen a ghost or something was wrong or something. And uh, then I turned and looked and my wife had grabbed the Milwaukee M18 fuel, uh, the handheld trimmer, and she was uh, going at the hedge uh, as well. Uh, and then I just started laughing because I knew that uh, she she can uh, more than uh, handle the hedge trimmer. And uh, she's done a lot of the hedges and things around her own house uh, at times and stuff. And she always does a great job as well. Uh, but the kids were looking uh, they were like frozen, like uh, like she's touching the customer's hedge. Dad's going to freak out or something. And uh, so it was kind of funny because I just kind of looked at them and smiled and continued on <laughs> on uh, going. So they were like, oh, I guess he's all right with it. So uh, it was nice having uh, that helping hand, uh, not only with, um, you know, some of the head trimming, but uh, with the cleanup, especially I didn't have to do any of the cleanup at all on those uh, hedges. The kids just uh, worked away and uh, just did all of the cleanup as uh, I was trimming and uh, as my wife was trimming uh, as well. So it uh, actually worked out uh, quite uh, fantastically uh, in that instance. If you guys follow me on Instagram, you would have seen uh, some of uh, the posts that I put up uh, of that uh, Milwaukee uh, tools being used, the uh, quick lock uh, um, hedge trimmer attachment uh, on that quick lock system, doing that uh, low. Uh, hedge there. I showed some uh, video footage examples there on uh, Instagram as well as uh, the uh, hedge under the window that I was doing with the uh, Milwaukee uh, handheld uh, trimmer as well. So uh, if you haven't uh, followed me on Instagram and uh, you uh, would like to, uh, it's under the same name, of course, Lawn Care Business Success. So head on over there and hit that follow button and uh, check out uh, some of the uh, posts that I put up there. I'm uh, pretty active on that on a day daily basis, uh, putting at least a post a day uh, on Instagram uh, there for you guys to see some uh, uh, some of the action uh, that uh, there or some of the tools that I like to preview on there as well. So yeah, check it out on Instagram. Okay, so uh, it's time for this week's uh, Jobber Minute. So my question uh, for Murray this week is, uh, how do I avoid crisscrossing all over the city and wasting gas without spending all night with a map? We understand this. Uh, driving around town is a waste of time and fuel, especially during these crazy busy summer months. Uh, here at Jobber, our development team really spent time building out a feature called routing um, to really help out with this. 
So in this feature, it maps out all your jobs for the day according to the most efficient way to get from site to site. So no more time with a map. This feature does it all for you. You can also add new jobs as the day goes on and then assign the nearest team member uh, on the map to those jobs. Um, and it gives the GPS direction to the next spot. So we've heard a ton of customers tell us how much fuel they've saved, how much time they've saved, and that they can actually fit more jobs into the day because they're they're following that efficient route. So when you look at it from a money perspective, it's literally hundreds of dollars back in their pocket. So, you know, a simple thing as switching from manual mapping to online routing uh, can do just that trick to get you back on track uh, in your business. Wow, that's a great uh, feature, Murray. That routing feature is absolutely fantastic. Uh, I've always said that, uh, you know, uh, having that root density and condensing your lawns and even uh, just the way you approach uh, how you mow your lawns in uh, the order that you mow them can make all the difference in your profitability and can uh, actually lead to adding more jobs in a day uh, in the same amount of time, which obviously uh, increases increases your overall profit for the day. So, uh, hey, Lawn Care Nation, if you want to find out more about Jobber and what Jobber can do for you and your lawn care business, head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash Jobber. Start a free trial and get 20% off your first six months. Okay, well, I'm just going to uh, play the podcast announcements and then uh, we'll get into this week's episode in its entirety right after this. So stay tuned. Hey guys, if you have any questions or comments about the show, I'd love to hear from you. You can head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash contact. For you Instagram users out there, be sure to follow me at lawncarebusinesssuccess. And if you haven't checked out my videos yet, well, what are you waiting for? Be sure to subscribe to the Lawn Care Business Success YouTube channel. Now, I know you guys love listening to audio while you work as much as I do, so I've partnered up with Audible to offer you guys a free 30-day trial and two free audiobooks of your choice. There's no long-term commitments, and you can cancel any time. And get this, even if you cancel during your free trial period, you still get to keep the two free audiobooks. It's a great way to try the service and to see if Audible is right for you. So why not give it a try? Head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash audible. Now back to the show. Okay, so this week's episode uh, is about uh, defining your service area. And this uh, episode came about, uh, again, from a question uh, from somebody. And this one actually uh, was from uh, one of the followers on Instagram who sent me a direct message. Uh, so uh, I won't uh, read out their name, but I'll just read out the question. So it says, uh, hello, I have a question. Uh, I start uh, in the... Uh, I start started in the lawn care business. Um, I just got my first call about coming over to do a quote, but the person lives an hour away from the area I serve. How do I handle it? Okay. So I sent them a quick uh, message, uh, uh, with uh, a response on this, uh, but I uh, thought it would make a good topic for the podcast as well. Uh, and basically, uh, what I laid out for them in just sort of a quick, uh, short sentence was, uh, I would just respond that, uh, you don't 
service that area. Uh, and, uh, you know, thanks for contacting your company and, um, you know, just leave it uh, at that. Uh, so that's just the sort of quick response to it. Uh, but basically, um, as a lot of you guys know that I've followed uh, my story, followed, uh, you know, my path and, uh, you know, how I've, uh, you know, um, sort of, um, transformed in my business or evolved in my business over time, uh, where I started, um, you know, years ago when I started seriously with the lawn care business, I had dabbled, uh, you know, earlier, uh, than my official start by, you know, like a side hustle, uh, using my homeowner equipment, uh, and just putting a couple of flyers out on telephone poles, no real, uh, strategy or anything, just had some really low ball pricing and, uh, you know, did some dabbling that way. But, uh, a few years later when I decided to do, uh, lawn care, um, as an actual, uh, job, I bought into a uh, lawn care franchise business and, um, you know, they would give you a defined territory based around where you lived. Uh, so you had a, you know, a marked out territory of uh, where you would work. But, uh, you know, and that um, territory had a certain amount of households in it. Um, and basically all that territory meant uh, was that... Uh, you know, if anybody who lived in that territory uh, called uh, the central office and wanted, uh, you know, lawn mowing or quote uh, for, you know, whatever work it was, then uh, you would get uh, what they called the right first refusal. So basically, they would uh, send you that work. Um, and you could either, um, you know, if you were down for taking on work, then you would get that work. But you had the right uh, to, you know, be the first one to refuse that work. Basically, uh, you've got dibs on that uh, territory. If you get to a point where you're so full and you can't take on any more work, then you can let the office know. Uh, and then they would then... Uh, um, you know, if any more calls came in and you could define it as in like, I'll take, uh, you know, people looking for lawn mowing, but you know, if they're looking for gutter cleaning or stuff like that, I don't want to do that. I'm too busy for that stuff. And then uh, what they would do is they would send that work, uh, to uh, whoever is the next closest person or franchisee that was available uh, to work. So of course, when you're starting out, you don't have a big client list. So when I first started out in that franchise, um, you know, I was just looking for work. I needed work to keep myself busy. Um, so uh, I would take on work everywhere. So a lot of the guys that had been in the franchise for years and were already established uh, may not have been taking work at the time. Uh, and, uh, you know, depending on the season, depending on, um, you know, what it was and all that sort of stuff. And in the beginning, I I, uh, had put myself down for everything. So I was taking on um, not only uh, every job that was coming in uh, from my own territory, um, but I was taking on work outside of my territory as well. And because of this, my, um, you know, clients uh, were all over the city. They were, you know, spread out all over the city. And the city that I live in is quite massive. It can take a, you know, a good, um, 
20 minutes to a half an hour uh, easily to drive from one side of the city all the way to the other side of the city uh, through uh, traffic and stuff. And you're not talking a lot of traffic or, you know, a a crazy dense city. It's not like New York City or anything like that. Um, Just a regular um, city and uh, and not even the main city uh, of the region. Um, just it's actually a suburb city of the main city. Uh, so I live uh, just outside of uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. So just one of the suburb cities uh, outside of there. And, uh, but it's a large city. And, uh, like I said, there's a lot of land in between, uh, the actual city itself and going from one end of the city all the way to the other city can take uh, quite a bit of time. And, uh, you know, that's the, the, uh, situation that I found myself myself in was that I was, um, you know, in the beginning, especially didn't have a huge, uh, list of clients. And, uh, you know, I was maybe doing, um, you know, six clients a day, uh, lawn mowing because I would spend so much time driving, um, from one client to the other client. They were so far apart, um, from each one. And, uh, you know, in those beginning stages, uh, I thought to myself, you know, this is great. I'm on my own. I've got, um, you know, this business, I'm, you know, running this business and stuff. And, uh, but the actual, you know, fact of the matter was, is that you weren't actually making any money. Uh, you know, and I've told the story before how, the job I had previous to doing lawn care full time, um, I was working uh, a government job, uh, basically, and uh, it paid like $17 an hour at the time. Uh, it was a vehicle emission testing. And it wasn't actually, I guess it wasn't uh, officially a government job. Uh, I was working for a private company who was contracted by the government to do the uh, vehicle emission testing. So every car uh, had to have their emissions tested uh, to be able to reinsure their vehicle. And if their you know car failed uh, emission tests, um, then they would have to get them fixed before um, you know they could get them insured. So my job was to test vehicles all day long. Hundreds and hundreds of vehicles would come in and I would test those vehicles. Um, but when I went to lawn care, I thought, well, you know, I was making $17 an hour at that job. As long as I'm making more than $17 an hour, I'm happy. Uh, because, you know, that's what I was making there. And it was only like a, um, you know, it wasn't even full time. I was uh, a part time employee. Uh, I was doing maybe 36 hours a week uh, at that job, but it wasn't considered full time because it wasn't 40 hours. Um, and of course they would do that, uh, so they wouldn't have to uh, pay benefits and all that sort of stuff, healthcare and all those things. Uh, if you were a part-time employee, um, so I would work, uh, you know, uh, up to that, uh, sort of 36 hour, uh, uh, you know, mark, uh, sort of maximum each week. And, uh, you know, when I went, uh, like I said, uh, to, uh, doing lawn care full time, I thought, Hey, as long as I'm making, you know, it's working out to be, you know, at least $17 an hour, then uh, I'm golden and stuff. But, um, you quickly learn, uh, that that's not the case, that there's a lot more involved, all of the hidden costs that you don't really think about all of the, you know, insurance and, um, you know, licenses and the equipment maintenance and vehicle maintenance and all the fuel, especially, uh, that you go through, especially when you're spending so much time on the road driving uh, in between houses. Uh, So like I say, when I was uh, 
you know, those early years, I was doing maybe five, six houses. And, uh, you know, it was just crazy because I was just spreading myself out way too thin uh, because I just wanted to do as much work as possible. Uh, I started to realize actually pretty quickly on that um, that wasn't the case. And I started to... Um, you know, try to trade, uh, clients with other, uh, you know, other guys in that franchise system and trying to see if, Hey, uh, you know, if a guy uh, who's closer to this client has a client that may be closer to where I am and we can maybe swap clients instead. Uh, and then that way uh, you're not giving up the client and, uh, you know, you're working it, uh, that way. And, uh, you know, I started to, um, slowly close the gap of uh, where those, um, you know, where, what kind of clients, what kind of work I was taking. And uh, really when um, I decided to leave that franchise system is where I made, uh, you know, that conscious decision to say, Hey, you know what? Um, Root density is where it's all about. I'm starting to see even before that you know, as those later years happened while I was still in the franchise, um, you know, I was starting to group those clients together and I was building up, uh, you know, a good little uh, list of clients who were, you know, a lot closer together instead of driving 20 minutes uh, between clients. I was driving five minutes between clients. Uh, and of course, that makes a lot more sense. You end up doing you can do a lot more clients in a day um, instead of wasting all that time. Um you know, uh, on the road. So I started to, um, you know, when I decided to go out on my own and leave that franchise system and uh, build my own brand, uh, the root density was a huge thing. I thought, you know what, um, this is something that I really have to focus on. Uh, so not only did, uh, when I went out on my own, I actually timed it with, uh, moving locations as well. I moved from one part of the city to an, uh, another part of the city, actually on opposite ends of the city. And, uh, I moved to a neighborhood, um, that's very, um, historic. Uh, it was like the very first, um, you know, one of the very first areas, uh, uh, settlements in the area. And so, uh, with that, uh, and it had a, you know, a very nice sort of community feel to it. So I thought, um, you know, let me focus on just this community, just this particular neighborhood, uh, because, you know, in this community alone, um, there's so many houses. Like I could never, um, service all of these uh, houses, uh, you know, even if I wanted to. So instead of trying to advertise and trying to uh, spread myself out thin over this entire city, if I focus all of my efforts and, um, you know, uh, I've talked about how my brother-in-law, um, you know, decided to leave the franchise system as well. And he asked if he could run a lawn care company under uh, my name and uh, trailer logos and everything like that as well. So I thought, you know, with the two of us out there with two trailers, it's a lot, it's going to be a lot better if we focus in on just this one uh, area. It's just going to add to that sort of, uh, um, you know, marketing effort because, um, you know, people are going to see, um, you know, multiple trailers. They, I may be on one street and they'll see me working and then they may be turning down another street and see him working. And then they're going to think that this company uh, is a lot bigger um, than it actually is. And it is just two guys or, you know, um, so 
I decided, um, and before this, I had already decided um, that I was going to focus in on this community, um, and uh, I uh, registered uh, a company name after that community name. Uh, so I figured, you know what, this is really going to help me focus because uh, people looking for a lawn care service, people you know searching, will look and see. Well, hey, uh, here's a company that uh, you know does mowing uh, because uh, mowing is in the company name, but it also, the community community is in the company name. So by my company name, you know what I do and where I do it. Um, so it really focuses in uh, on that particular community. And uh, I started to see um, those uh, efforts pay off uh, right away because, uh, you know, as I started to add new clients uh, under my own company name, um, you know, they were all very dense and I was targeting uh, specific neighborhoods that I wanted to work in. So I was doing flyers and things in those specific neighborhoods and trying to build up clients just in those neighborhoods. Also, all of my advertising would lead or point to, you know, going to my website and, uh, you know, things on Google and stuff. You can sort of define an area that you want to work in for Google My Business. And, um, you know, I would have to have that sort of diameter of that circle a little bit bigger than I really wanted to uh, because it is a circle. I couldn't, uh, you know, sort of draw out uh, lines around a neighborhood that I want to work in. It's a circle that you define and you can make the circle bigger, make the circle smaller. Well, of course, when you make the circle bigger to encompass maybe an odd shape uh, part of the community that I work in, it's also then engulfing a bunch of other uh, communities or neighborhoods that I don't want to work in. Um, but that's the way uh, the, you know, Google's um, system works there. So I would start to get calls from uh, areas that I didn't want to work in as well. Uh, so how I handled this was with the website because everybody would naturally direct to the website when I would, uh, I had the section that would be like submit a quote. Um, I would put like the options for, uh, you know, the cities and stuff like that. I would just put the options that I wanted. So if they were outside of that territory, they couldn't select, uh, one of those, uh, areas to, you know, submit uh, a request for an estimate. Uh, and, uh, you know, slowly over time, I thought, you know, people will get the hint that, you know, you don't want to work outside the area. The ironic thing is that, that kind of worked and didn't work. Uh, I'm sure it worked. I'm sure it's deterred some people, but it's amazing to me how many people um, still request, you know, for an estimate, even though they're outside the service area, um, they will, um, you know, select one of the city options uh, that are one of the area options that are there on the website, um, even though they don't live in that area. And then in the notes, they'll put, uh, you know, their address and say, do you service this area? Um, so it's, it's actually quite funny. And, and even cities that I don't service, they'll uh, say, you know, do you come out to this area uh, and service? Uh, so, you know, it's amazing to me that, uh, the reach of the internet and how that works, but I still try to focus in on, uh, just the specific area that I work on. And for the most part, um, it's been an absolute, uh, success, it has meant having to turn down work like I've uh, recommended um, to you. Now, with the question that this, uh, you know, person sent in, 
you know, in my case, in my scenario uh, that I've uh, laid out here, I've been talking about, you know, a really dense neighborhood, you know, your dense sort of typical city type neighborhoods uh, where, uh, you know, you have uh, uh, little um, subdivisions, you have cul-de-sacs, all that. So, you know, those types of neighborhoods, um, new uh, construction, whole new neighborhoods going up. There's a lot of density, a lot of houses uh, that you can focus in on. Now, that may not be the case where you live. I've talked to, um, you know, listeners, of the podcast and uh, people uh, that watch my YouTube videos who have said, you know, they'd love to have that sort of root density that I talk about, but they're out in rural areas. And, uh, you know, we're talking acreages. You might have uh, clients that you mow that uh, live on, uh, you know, 10 acres or something and have a bunch of acres uh, of lawn to mow. Uh, and every, you know, uh, home in that area is just massive acreages. And so you're not going to have that same sort of root density where it may take you, um, you know, quite a bit of time to drive uh, from one house uh, to another just because of uh, where you are. So in that case, you know, it can be a little bit, um, you know, more complex. It, it completely depends on your specific situation. But if you're talking about uh, working in sort of a dense uh, type area where you're closer to, um, you know, more dense neighborhoods and things like that, and in your specific case, somebody's calling you to do a quote um, an hour away, um, you know, that's just, for me, that just doesn't make sense to drive uh, all the way um, an hour uh, just to do one single house. Now, if that neighborhood uh, is a neighborhood that you think would be worth working in that, uh, you know, maybe their lawns are nice over there. Maybe everybody has well-kept homes. They like, uh, you know, having everything fertilized and all that sort of stuff. And you can make a little bit more money with all of those other extras, like maybe garden bed maintenance and doing the full sort of service package, aerating and liming and everything that they need for their lawn throughout the year then, hey, maybe it will be worth, uh, you know, getting in over there. There's a neighborhood where I live um, that uh, is about uh, 15 minutes away from uh, uh, or 15 minutes outside of my specific uh, area that I've been working on uh, or working in the past few years. And, um, you know, I've thought about in the years uh, to go over there because it's a more affluent uh, area. Uh, it's sort of uh, beachside. Um, there's the ocean there. A lot of uh, homes. I remember when I was with um, that uh, franchise company, I did uh, my training with one of the guys that works in that area uh, at the time. And uh, we were mowing lawns, uh, you know, back lawns um, that were, uh, you know, facing the ocean, um, like literally it was their back lawn uh, and then a boardwalk with, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, the public being able to walk up and down the, the boardwalk and then the beach. Um, and I was like, I could get used to this, right? Mowing these lawns uh, uh, wouldn't be so much fun maybe in the winter and stuff. Uh, but, it's, you know, during the spring and summer, it'd be uh, a blast to uh, work in that area. And, uh, 
you know, the only thing that held me back is that it's so busy in that area, especially for parking because of the beaches and beach access and stuff, um, that it's very, very difficult, especially in the summertime, uh, and the spring nice days and things like that. The area gets very, very busy, a lot of traffic, uh, and, uh, you know, pulling in with a truck and trailer and stuff, I think would be, uh, you know, a bit of a pain to go over there. But as I start to think about other alternatives now for other vehicles, it starts to open up those areas to think, Hey, you know what? I wouldn't mind doing a day in that neighborhood. Um, could be totally worth it. To do that, though, I would have to crack that neighborhood. So if that neighborhood that you're talking about is an hour away and you want to crack that neighborhood, well, it's going to, you know, you're going to have to get your first job in that neighborhood and uh, getting your first job in that neighborhood means that uh, you may not make money on that first job um, for weeks or even months uh, until you get the next, you know, properties uh, are able to land the next few jobs in that neighborhood, Uh, but it's going to have to start with one. So there is that sort of, uh, you know, sacrifice type time where you say, okay, I'm going to sacrifice not making a profit because I want to crack this neighborhood. I want to be able to get into this neighborhood and establish myself in this neighborhood. And it's going to take at least one property. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be driving an hour to get to that property. Um, and do that property and then drive an hour back to service all of my other clients. But I know that over time, as I start to add more clients in that neighborhood, I, I can, you know, every time I'm there uh, and uh, servicing that property, then I can take some time and drop off flyers on that same, uh, you know, block. I can go to the next block the week after and drop off flyers. I can really work that area um, and just being visible in that neighborhood. Uh, you know, eventually that'll lead to more work. I can uh, ask those people for referrals if they know anybody else, that sort of thing, and just really work that area. But in the meantime, while I've only servicing that one property, you know, that one property's uh, profit margin uh, isn't going to probably uh, pay for that hour commute and the hour commute back and all that sort of stuff. So that would be the only case where I would say that taking on a job like that, that's an hour away would be worth it. Uh, is if, you know, that's a type of neighborhood that you think, um, would uh, be really, really, um, you know, worth or, you know, benefiting or would benefit you to, um, you know, try to target, uh, and for the future to build a good client list there, uh, in the future. Uh, for me, like I said, and there's a lot of uh, different uh, scenarios and things uh, to consider in that sort of thing. For me, like I said, um, you know, with this neighborhood that I've been thinking of uh, for years is, um, you know, it's like a nice beach uh, area. I think it would just be a nice, um, uh, you know, area to go and, uh, you know, spend an afternoon. Uh, I would even consider doing that on like a Friday, even though I don't mow on Fridays. Um, that might be a nice one. Uh, to just spend your Friday uh, afternoons uh, out there uh, by the ocean and mowing some lawns and stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, it's just a more affluent uh, neighborhood. Uh, the home prices are really expensive because it is by the beach. Uh, and, uh, you know, just might be a, a fun um, little area to do. And they're nice, uh, you know, uh, not massive homes. They're all, you know, pretty, uh, you know, regular size property. So uh, easy to... Um, 
uh, you know, quickly get in and out of those properties. So if you had a bunch of them, uh, would be a pretty good, uh, little area to be working in. Uh, but, uh, you know, like I said, you have to consider, uh, that, um, you know, what is it required? The other thing to think of is does that area fall outside of your city or your local um, regulation requirements? And what I mean by that is um, I live right um, on the edge of where my city is. I moved completely across town from where I was uh, living before when I first started mowing under the franchise company. So when I went on my own, under my own brand, I moved across uh, the city and started from scratch uh, over there in that um, little neighborhood that I was talking about. And uh, because I'm so close uh, to the border of the next, uh, you know, city or town, um I get uh, a lot of visibility there because a lot of times when I'm driving, um, you know, a few blocks uh, over and stuff, I'm already uh, in that other uh, city or town. So if I'm cutting uh, through a particular neighborhood uh, or going to um, some of the stores and stuff like the Home Depot and things like that, they're all uh, in that other town, even though they're, you know, maybe uh, just a few blocks away. They sort of cross that city border. Um, so because of that, you get that visibility. And there's a lot of neighborhoods over there as well. So I get a lot of calls from that neighborhood, um, from uh, people that want, uh, you know, service uh, in that neighborhood. And uh, up until this point, um, you know, I haven't really serviced that neighborhood. Uh, and part of that is because it falls under number one, you know, if with my initial plan of, you know, the root density, I just wanted to work as close as possible to my house. That was my, you know, initial thing was I just want to work in my house because I live by that, you know, city border. It also means that I would require a different business license to require in that city, even though it's only like a few blocks, like literally two, three blocks away, that uh, once I cross that, technically, I have to have a different uh, business license. And if I don't, then I run the risk of, you know, getting a fine and stuff. So I've just never bothered taking on clients in that uh, particular city. But as the years have gone on, and my company's uh, reputation has grown, um, I just get more and more and more work. Um, last year, I had a good at least 15 clients for full service lawn care from that city that I turned down. This year, this spring, at least another 15 clients uh, from that uh, you know neighborhood that I uh, could have picked up that I turned down because they fall outside. Now, the first few years... I went out on my own in 2010. And like I said, those first few years when my company wasn't as known, like I said, for me, it wasn't worth it because, you know, I would get a call here and there. I wasn't really targeting that neighborhood. But, uh, you know, um, because, um, like I said, uh, with a bit different business licenses uh, requirements for uh, servicing that city. And uh, because I wasn't targeting that neighborhood, I would get a little bit of visibility. You'd get, you know, maybe a call, maybe two calls and stuff for that particular area. So for me, it was like, well, it's not worth it. I'm not going to take on a client, one client um, in that city and have to pay a business license uh, for over there. The business license I have for the city that I live in is... Um, uh, almost $300 now, uh, for a year. So I was like, well, I'm not going to go buy another business license for another city. It wouldn't be quite as much because it's a smaller city, but still, you know, it was like for one client, it's not really worth it. 
But uh, last year was kind of a wake-up call because I was like, whoa, look at all these clients all of a sudden. Like, obviously, my uh, branding and everything has really, uh, you know, as I'm, uh, you know, in my uh, uh, ninth year um, with my own brand, it's really starting to take hold in this community. And it's, you know, you know, really, really visible. And people are seeing that year after year after year. They're seeing that branding. So they know it's not like a fly-by-night company or anything like that. Um so, and now this year, the same thing, tons of calls coming from uh, that city. So obviously there's a need in that city, uh, and, uh, my branding and, you know, what my company, uh, you know, the image and perception that my company is putting out, uh, is obviously something that's attractive to those people as well, uh, to, you know, be constantly getting calls now from that neighborhood. So now I'm at a point where now it's like, well, you know, maybe for next spring, I will, you know, get that uh, business, get a second business license now and get one for that area as well, too, because I could really now, now I know there's that demand there that I've been consistently two years in a row turning down, uh, you know, enough work that would make it worth it uh, to have a business license in that area as well. So, you know, lots of things uh, you need to consider that. Uh, is that our way in the same city? Is it under a different jurisdiction that would require different licensing requirements and things like that, uh, you know, that you uh, possibly may need to look into? So, but in, you know, uh, general, that is basically, uh, why I would say, uh, for the most part, uh, just to say to people that, um, you know, um, you know, in a basic uh, nutshell that, uh, you know, thank you for your, uh, interest in my company. Uh, unfortunately we don't service that area. And, uh, that's something that I still do, uh, on a weekly basis, uh, because I get, uh, you know, uh, inquiries, like I said, from uh, all over, uh, the city, um, it's just amazing, even though the company's named after a specific neighborhood, uh, and the website sort of uh, talks about, you know, servicing the specific neighborhood and all that, you still get people that want what you have to offer. They read, um, the website, they see the trailers, they see, uh, the uniforms and stuff. And it's just something that, um, you know, is attractive to them that they like that the whole, um, you know, when I talk about uh, the monthly payments on credit card and all that sort of stuff, it's all laid out on the website. And I guess it's just, you know, it's just something that's very attractive to people uh, in their sort of busy uh, lifestyles that they have now that uh, uh, I just make it very, like I always say on the podcast, you know, super simple lawn care, just make it uh, very simple for people to do business with. So, you know, those are some of the things to consider um, when you're thinking about defining your service area is, uh, you know, where, you know, what uh, are your um, requirements for your area? Do you want to be like I was around your house? Is that the main requirement? Um, are you looking to go outside your neighborhood, but you want to target a specific, say, uh, affluent neighborhood? Uh, because, you know, uh, those homes there, they're all fertilized uh, type houses. They all have irrigation systems. You know, the work will be more plentiful there. Um, they have, uh, you know, uh, no time to do all that sort of stuff. Every house over there in that neighborhood, like I talked about, um, you know, when I first, uh, started seeing or noticing or getting the idea of starting a lawn care business was when I was working for a auto parts place and I was delivering parts through an affluent neighborhood and, uh, each and every week when I would go to this one garage that was in the middle of this uh, neighborhood to drop off some car parts, um, you know, there'd be 
landscapers everywhere. It was like every house had landscapers mowing the lawns, trimming the bushes. And I just thought like, oh, that's awesome. Like what a great uh, job to be outdoors, to be your own boss, uh, doing, uh, you know, what you want to do. Nobody telling you what to do. Uh, and, uh, it just looks fantastic, but it was like every house in that neighborhood had, uh, a landscaper where you might go to, um, you know, a neighborhood that isn't, uh, as affluent and, um, you know, there's still landscapers working, but not on every house. Uh, most, a lot of people mow their own lawns. A lot of people leave their lawns and, um, you know, only mow it when absolutely, you know, necessary when the city's like knocking on the door or threatening them to, uh, you know, find them because they're leaving their lawns. Um, and, uh, you know, you see that a lot too, depending on the, you know, part of the city, uh, that you're in and sort of the, uh, income level, uh, you know, in that part of the city. So there's lots of different criteria. you know, do you need different regulations or licensing and stuff to work in a specific area? Um, are there requirements on tools and stuff? I know some areas have, or are starting to have like noise bylaws on, uh, backpack blowers and things like that. Is that something that you have to worry about? Um, you know, there, there's all sorts of things, uh, when you want to think about defining your service area, uh, you know, is there bridges that you need to cross? Uh, are there toll roads or things like that, uh, that you need to go? Is there traffic congestion, um, you know, getting to a certain area that's going to kill a bunch of time profitability uh, to have to deal with each and every day when you go over there? So lots of different things when you think about defining your specific service area. And, uh, you know, when you get calls outside that area, uh, like this person, uh, you know, with this question, uh, then you just have to be, uh, you know, uh, frank about why you don't service that area or that, you know, you just don't service that area, but always thank them for their interest in your company and, uh, you know, that you appreciate their interest. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, you know, they fall outside of their service area. I find this day and age, you know, not too many people question it. Um, especially here where I live with the price of fuel and stuff is just absolutely outrageous. Um, you know, currently I think we're the most expensive gas prices in all of North America. Um, so, you know, uh, it's to be expected that, uh, you know, pricing is, uh, uh, or, you know, people aren't going to drive out, uh, an hour to go, uh, mow somebody's lawn. So, you know, not to, too much of a, a big deal there, but it really depends on the stage of your business, I would say, um, and uh, where you are. If you're at that starting point, like I was when I was, uh, you know, with that franchise company, I was just hungry for work. I just wanted to build my business. I wanted to, um, you know, be able to uh, start making uh, a full-time income. So I was taking on work everywhere uh, and, uh, you know... Uh, I didn't really have a plan other than, you know, this is my territory and I'm working inside this territory. Uh, but, uh, I'm also taking work outside my territory and I'll uh, see how it develops. If I get, uh, you know, I'll take, you know, customers everywhere. And then as, you know, time goes on and I start to build clients, then I'll start to develop those little pockets of neighborhoods and stuff where I can work in and then start to focus in uh, on those as time goes on. Uh, but as you get, uh, later on in the years and, uh, your business starts to, you know, establish, you're going to find yourself focusing more and more and, and honing in on that specific, um, you know, uh, service area, uh, that you want to define. Uh, so hopefully that, uh, answers your question. Uh, so that's it for this week, guys. Here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now.